0: what's up everybody my name is dustin rubio part of the limitless leadership team and youth pastor at city church swansea and this is the limitless leadership podcast a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect think and grow
1: welcome back everybody to the limitless leadership podcast and uh well dustin super excited to uh have a good friend And uh, I think we would all agree, living legend. (laughs)
2: Oh,
1: <laughs> that makes me really old. She's it? so old. <laughs> no, that's not that's not what I was going for. But okay, uh, that's right. Hi sorry. everyone, and it is Rachel Gardner. Oh,
2: Rachel, hello, hello, hello! Uh, and of course,
1: Rachel, you've been with us at the gathering. Oh, you've I loved it. Yeah, you've popped into uh, Connect, which is now limitless yep, leaders. Yeah, love it. So uh, a a good friend to to the limitless oh. community. Rachel, so pleased that you could join Thank us you. on the podcast Thank you. today uh, to talk a little bit about sex and relationships um and so we want to uh, get get right in uh, because this isn't a, a new issue in in youth ministry no not uh, at all so in in the way that we're maybe having to grapple with mental health issues and anxiety and depression in a new way in a way that we perhaps haven't done before this is um this issue is as old as youth ministry is isn't it really yeah, yeah. um but it's evolving so quickly in in terms of how young people are interacting with their sex and relationships, how technology is having an influence on that, and therefore the way we engage with that as youth workers needs to change. So could you paint a little bit of a picture for us, Rachel, of where we're at in terms of sex and relationships, sexual ethics, um, and, and again, how technology plays a part of that Brilliant. But where we're at with young people right I think, now. I
2: think, Tim, you framed it brilliantly. This isn't a new conversation. It, it feels like a new conversation because the church hasn't always been particularly very confident or sure of what to say, but it's not a new topic. What is new, though, is the way that young people's understanding of sex, sexuality, relationships is being shaped by what's called digital sexual cultures. So when we think about young people's sexual activity, gone are the days that we just think about it in terms of physical and anatomy and that joining up with that. What we're thinking about now more is how young people from a very early age are developing their understandings about sexuality and sexual health and relationships and how that's informing informing lots of their sexual behaviour like sexting, like how they use social media, like how they talk to each other, like what they look at online and whether they share that or whether they delete it, as well as the relationships they have offline. And so the challenge for us as Christian youth workers is to understand that God's Um, great plan for humanity hasn't changed so we need to be listening to God's word and understanding our theology of sexual ethics, what is sex created for, what is the purpose of being sexual beings but also understanding that we're working with a generation of young people who are shaping and having relationships offline and online and what we need to do is help them see that the rules that apply in offline relationships also apply online and I think working with Christian young people and uh, unchurched young people they often feel a real confusion they often understand well if I'm actually with somebody in real time and we're going out and they uh, decide to touch me and I don't want to be touched then I say to them no no that's that's not okay but if I'm online and I put an image up of myself that's quite sexually revealing and, and somebody comments back and they're like oh yeah I want to do this to you that fi- oh what do I do with that like what rules apply there so i think as christian youth workers we have that incredible new opportunity to help this generation of young people understand what are the values and boundaries that apply in my offline relationships and how does that apply online so that's a new challenge for us i think
0: rachel how can youth workers better educate and partner up with parents to help educate uh, young people you know their children yeah
2: absolutely um this is really really essential and I think a bit of research that we as Romance Academy did a couple of years ago we found that about 85% of 11 to 18 year olds um, thought that their parents have no idea the pressures they are under to be sexually active so actually one of the first things I think that really helps us to do before we even involve young people is to be chatting to our parents and talking about some of the pressures that are facing youth culture in general help young people help the parents in general understand what's happening in youth culture um, because actually what we don't want to say to our Christian parents is oh my goodness we're talking to your kids about sex because they've got this massive sex problem and as a parent myself I think sometimes that's what I would hear if my youth worker said look we're talking about sex this week I'd be thinking why? Like what suddenly started happening? Whereas if a youth worker came to me and said look guys you know, young people that are entering year 7 at school we, we know what's going on, we know what the culture is so as youth workers we are going to be chatting with your young people in our youth settings about this stuff let's talk to you a bit about what that is and let's give you some kind of pointers and ideas at home how could we be giving the same messages and I think parents would really 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 appreciate that so our job as youth workers is not to be spies It's not to go to the parents and say, oh, you know, your kid said this, but it's to empower parents and say, actually, what you model at home, the conversations that you have at home, we're going to be doing the same stuff in the youth setting and actually together that supports young people and empowers them. So I think start by talking to the parents and then have a session with the young people and say, you know, if you talk to your parents about sex, what sort of questions would you want to ask and maybe find a way of sharing some of that information with parents. So I think see yourself as a real advocate for young people in their home lives.
1: It's really good. It's really good. If we if we could just uh, revisit that thing about technology that you were touching on a moment ago. Yeah. Uh, Cuz I just think that's that's I guess the newest arena yeah. that, we're, that we're engaging with. So, you said that the important thing is that we have to help young people see that the rules, if you yeah. like, that apply to our offline, offline yeah. relationships also apply to our online relationships. Yeah. Talk to us really practically how does a youth worker Mm. begin to have that conversation begin to uh, see that light go on in the minds of their young people. That you know, but this is kind of this, the same thing, really. H- yeah. How, how, do, how do we do that? Yeah, I think
2: the starting point is if I'm discipling Christian young people, I'm helping them think: What does God say that sex is and sex isn't? What are relationships about? How does God expect us to treat each other, whether we're in a relationship or not? So we'd kind of create. I would create with my young people a really good understanding of what it means to listen, to love, to respect, to be faithful, to be self controlled all those sorts of things that we really value because we love jesus and then i'd say right okay now let's get have some scenarios online you know somebody in your school has found some great stuff on Pornhub. it's really funny it's kind of you know sex uh, there's about three people having sex together and everyone's passing it around the school playground they're talking about it and they show you what do you do with that stuff Because I think sometimes young people then go, oh, uh, somehow that's not okay, I shouldn't be doing it. But the reality is, they'd just be laughing in the playground. Whereas, actually, if we've armed them and said, actually, what do we believe God says sex is? What's it for? Um, how do we show respect to our bodies and other people's bodies then when it comes to that situation that young person then has his whole wealth of wisdom to lean back on and go okay maybe here and now I'm not going to suddenly just say everyone put your phones down but that young person has a way of processing what they've just seen rather than letting it kind of go straight into them I think Christian young people in our churches probably have a sense that if they are dating actually a really good boundary is no sexual intercourse before marriage And that is something that I talk to my young people about. And we talk about, you know, what parts of the bodies you're going to touch. Are you going to be in the same room together? How long? We have all those sorts of conversations that are really practical. But they're also inhabiting an online world where those rules don't apply. One click away is all this pornography. One click away is all this stuff. And so I think it's saying to young people, actually God can help you with your online life too. That when you see stuff online, you can take that to Jesus. Um, and, And so the three things that I talk to young people about is number one, delay so with a young couple who are dating who are finding it really hard to stick to those no sex for marriage kind of boundaries that they've agreed to say actually delay rather than every time you meet you rush into the bedroom and you have massive conversations and it all gets really heated really quickly delay that just spend a bit more time in the kitchen having a chat having a, having a drink having a conversation just delay the time where it gets really intense and the same online if a young person is very quickly coming home no one else is at home, porn is, their phone is there, their tablet is there, and they're going to go and look at some porn. Well, delay the start of that. Say, okay, I'm about to come home, I might start watching porn. Rather than coming home and watching porn, what, could I, what else could I do? Oh, I'll go and play football with my friends, or I'll go and see a friend. Just delay. And as you increase the amount of time you delay, it actually makes it easier for you not to do it. The more you train yourself to delay starting that activity that leads to sex, or it leads to looking at porn the more you can kind of extend that time the stronger you get
1: that's great wisdom
2: yeah the second is distract so actually for many young people um the temptation online of looking at sex is so massive the rewards the dopamine receptors in the brain get hit so powerfully that if young people want to be godly and want to do it differently actually we need to be saying to them what else could you do that gives you a dopamine hit It's really good. So rather than just saying, I'm not going to do that, what else can you do instead? Same with couples who are dating. If you're not going to be having sex, what else could you be doing instead? And actually, you know, listening to music together, going out on a walk together, going for dinner, like learning to do hand massage, actually can can reward the same dopamine part of your brain. But it's godly behaviour, and it makes you feel good. Um, and then the third one is desensitise. And this is a bit more tricky for us as youth workers because, and um, people who work with those who've got long-term porn addictions would would do things like if you are on a website and you are clicking, 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 that one of the ways to begin to desensitise yourself to what you're. Seeing is to say to yourself, I'm only going to give myself 15 clicks. This week, I'm only going to give myself 10 clicks. When I get on the website, and today, I'm only going to give myself one click. Um, And what that does over time is it actually makes you so frustrated that what used to reward you, what used to feel good, just doesn't work anymore. So I think that is quite an extreme one. I wouldn't advise as youth workers that we go straight into that one. But encouraging young people to, to delay the start of behavior that leads to sex or leads to looking at porn and to distract themselves with other things actually can be such brilliant tools in discipleship to help young people feel more in control of their choices. Wow. And d- one of the delay, fruits of spirit... Yeah, distract, distract. And distract des- and desensitize. right, yeah. great.
1: Really yeah. great. Sorry, I... Oh, well,
2: to words. put it in kind of Christian language, there's a massive difference between remorse and repentance. Wow. So remorse is, I feel terrible about what I've done. Repentance is, I'm going to do something different about it. And sometimes we... We are good at helping a young person face how they feel about what's happened, but we then don't arm them with the godly tools that says, well, now you face that, yep, you wish you hadn't done that. But rather than stay there and be overwhelmed by shame, which will lead you back into the behaviour that feels good but is wrong actually let's help you now come to a point of saying so repentance what will i do differently next time how can i be more in control of the choices and the holy spirit just comes in in power and empowers us to do things differently isn't that a beautiful thing Mm. so thinking about remorse and repentance and that that brings young people freedom brilliant okay
1: so let's talk just for a moment sexting yeah. Uh, so for the youth leader who's maybe not familiar, yeah. uh, what is it? What so is sexting?
2: sexting is um, using uh, photographs to kind of depict a sexual activity or uh, a photo of yourself that's quite sexually revealing. So if a police... Uh, are given a phone and are told oh, there's some sexting images on here they have a scale of one to four that they would kind of classify this as sexting or not so sexting has to include part of your body so the the, the bare bottom um, genital area breasts um, and some images like very provocative underwear shots might be counted as sexting so it's kind of sexually revealing shots yeah okay
1: and how common is that amongst young people now
2: I think the evidence on the ground is massive. That is not a statistical amount, but it's huge. In in this part of the world where I'm working at the moment, it is the biggest thing that the safeguarding leads in the police constabularies are dealing with in schools. Over and above drugs uh knives guns it is sexting so it is massive and um and we know working with young people there is a legal aspect to this as well if young people have sex on their phones and even if they are the under 18 year old in the picture they could be done for possessing child pornography so there's a serious kind of legal ramifications this as well
1: so this it's it's everywhere it's really common again the question is how How do we respond yeah as 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 youth leaders especially when it's more hidden isn't it yeah that, that difference as you say between offline and online yeah we don't always know that that's going on no uh, if if it's disclosed to us or it's identified yeah how do we we respond
2: there's a couple of things there is the legal aspect of it so if you have a young person who you know has photographs on their facebook account or on their phone or on their laptop and they are child pornography they are images of a young person under 18 um, who's naked or that kind of stuff there is a legal so you need to talk to your safeguard and lead what do you do in those situations because we don't want young people to be prosecuted and kind of walk away with a criminal record for getting involved with something they didn't even think about so we need to make sure that we're aware with our safeguard needs what we do to get back to our role as youth workers is to help young people be in more control of their choices Mm -hmm. that's our job is to help young people be in more control of their choices um and that jesus says he's come to help us live life in all its fullness and and paul talks a lot doesn't he about um the self-control that means that our desires don't own us so actually that's our role that's how we frame this so constantly as youth workers we're having conversations with young people that helps them think what could i do in this situation because the danger for young people is that they're faced with this reality everyone is sexting and what that says to them is it's just inevitable i just have to do this it's just so normal why wouldn't i do this so the more that we as advocates in their life are saying do you think it's normal what what could somebody do what would be an alternative that uh, you and it might feel as you is that we are having the same conversation over and over again but we're going to have that conversation over and over again because what we're doing is helping young people unpick the cultural norms around them we're actually helping them be rebellious to live radically different right. and that is our goal isn't it so let's not be afraid of having the same conversation. It's not our failing as a youth worker it's the reality of discipling young people in an alien environment we have to equip them
0: I kind of touched on teaching youth workers teaching young people about sex uh, if we can just kind of transition into relationships yeah, you know sure. not necessarily just about sex and sexting and stuff like that but what should youth workers be teaching or modeling um, young people about just relationships, healthy relationships? And, and kind of even just to be aware of what's a dysfunctional. I feel like a yeah. as youth worker, a lot of myself, is like, man, dysfunctional, like a lot of the relationships. Um, so, yeah, so yeah. If you can just touch a little bit on that.
2: So I think what Jesus asks of us in all our relationships is that we are selfless, that we are demonstrating that we are not the center of our universe, that being surrendered to Jesus means that we are second and he is first and that shapes everything and I think the more that as a youth worker I grow in my love of Jesus I think the more I grow in my love of my husband and my daughter and my young people and actually the more that the love I have for them is healthy and whole because I'm not going to them needing them to fix me because Jesus fixes me. Jesus fills my need for security and approval. So actually then I can love other people out of a safe place. And the same with young people. They, what I would love them to see when they look at my life is that even though I haven't got it all together... I'm learning that God comes first and I go to him for what I need and I, I then can love other people safely and well. Um, and, and also I think modelling faithfulness. I think we young people are growing up in a culture that dismisses faith, faithfulness as weak and, and irrelevant and almost damaging. Like why would you be faithful if you're not happy? You know, those sorts of messages. And I think one of the greatest things that we can model is that we are faithful And if we're married, we are faithful to our marriage partner. And if we have children, we are faithful to our children, which might mean we don't rock up to that youth event tonight because actually we need to be at home with our family and we trust our team enough that they can do it without us. We are faithful to our colleagues so that our young people see us only speaking really well of our team. They never hear us back chatting about each other. We're faithful to young people, which means that we fight for them and we sometimes fight on their behalf when actually they want to make us their saviour. And we're not going to be their saviour. We're going to direct them to Jesus. So I think it's modelling faithfulness, I think, is really key. Some very practical things that we can do is allow young people to hear stories of adults in our church who maybe have conversations, real experiences about faithfulness, like they work away from home quite regularly and the temptation to use porn or to hook up with somebody or to flirt with a work colleague is immense. But for them, faithfulness looks like accountability, accountability, not taking a laptop to the bedroom in the hotel or whatever it might be. Some very practical things that really celebrate what faithfulness looks like. Um, but I think that how we talk is probably one of the most immediate things that young people pick up on.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so, so much good stuff, Rachel, today. And I want to ask one final question, if that's okay. It's a yeah. question I'm, just, I'm burning to ask this question <laughs> because... I uh, I am unsure of the answer to it okay. in my own youth work, and okay. I know that the youth leaders that I talk to and work with, you know, uh, would would yes. find this a real grey area. Yes, and and I want you to help us. Yes, <laughs> yes. And the question is this: Okay, so for me as a male youth leader, yes. to what level? is it appropriate for me to Mm. engage in conversations with the female Mm. young people in my youth group on the area, specifically of sex, but also relationships? And then for a female youth leader, to what level is it appropriate for them to engage in conversations with their male young people? Yeah, yeah.
2: Our goal, isn't it, is to help young people grow healthy and to develop really, really well. And there will be times where we have to make a judgment call as to whether we're the right person in that mix. So I would say if you are a youth worker who has a person of a different gender who wants to talk to you, I would say initially check that out with someone else in the team. And if the two of you together think, actually, this is really good for this young person's development, that safely and appropriately they talk with someone of a different gender, then that's okay. If someone else on the team goes, well, actually Tim or Rachel, I think really, I think this one needs to be the same gender. And I I know they've come to you, but I really think then, then as youth workers, we need to be wise enough to go, yep, I trust each other's judgment. Because our goal is not that this young person always comes to us with their problems. Our goal is that they grow and that they have as many people as possible around them helping that happen. What I do see sometimes, which does concern me in the Christian community, is what I sometimes see is a blurring of the boundaries. And youth workers aren't always aware that they're doing it. But they do it when they engage in banter that gets a little bit sexual or a little bit, about somebody great advice. um they engage with it when um they actually encourage exclusive relationships between youth worker and young people and what that does is it puts the young person in a victim role and the youth worker in a savior role and that's very damaging that's dangerous because wow. we don't we young people are not victims and they mustn't stay that way they mustn't think they're that um, and also i think we have a whole load of adults in our church who would offer incredible support to young people if only we Woke up to it. We can't be the ones to do everything. But let's be really, really wise. Lots of them we work with are vulnerable. They are very vulnerable. And in helping them um, understand healthy relationships, they are also bringing to us a lot of their pain and their brokenness and a lot of misunderstanding around relationships. And sometimes we have to engage in a bit of distancing. Now, we don't distance in a kind of we don't want you, but what we do is we decide to love this young person really well and we put a lot of things in place so there's a young person that I work with right now who is very very vulnerable has lots of real um, concerns around her from police and the social services and I am her youth worker but I also know that puts me in a very risky position because of allegations she's made against other youth workers so I'm going to love her up close and personal at a distance if that makes sense (laughs) So I know that every time I meet with her, I tell someone else where I am. Every conversation I have with her, I write it down because actually she's so vulnerable that the worst thing would be that if somehow she made she misconstrued something and made an allegation, I wouldn't be able to work with her anymore and she would lose again. She would lose another strong, supportive, healthy person. I'm safe for her, but she's not safe for herself at the moment. So I think we need to be so so wise that with young people and really difficult conversations, and really difficult situations we need to be thinking the whole time who else can have eyes on this situation who else can be speaking into this situation because i might not be picking up on what's going on so let's let's love young people up close and personal sometimes from a distance to keep them safe
1: fantastic really uh, really really helpful stuff rachel thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today oh, my bless you. it's been brilliant uh, we always appreciate your input oh. and i'm sure Uh, the guys in the limbus community will be hanging out with you. Can I say one last thing, Tim?
2: Like, um I've been a youth worker for a very, very long time now. And and one of the things that i've heard young people living legend. say living <laughs> legends one of the things i've heard young people say time and time and time again whatever the issue is they're facing whether it's porn addiction addiction to masturbation uncertainty around sexual orientation there are those big things that we can as youth workers feel so anxious about what's made the difference for that young person has been an, an a youth worker that has sat with them and said you know you're okay and and actually you can bring this to jesus and he loves you and rather than try and work this out on your own bring this to god and and often it's been a youth worker that's not known what else to say but they've done that and that's been the turning point so i think as you go from here you haven't got to be an expert in this stuff but if you know jesus and if you know that he's the one that transforms and he's ultimately the one that that has this all all sorted helping a young person hold this in their relationship with Jesus is one of the best things that we can do just say keep bringing this to God keep bringing this to him he loves you and that I think one of the most brilliant things that we offer young people
0: oh it's so good thanks Rachel appreciate your time thanks for listening to the Limitless Leadership Podcast we want to make sure that the Limitless Leadership Podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry so email us at info at uk to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss Stay in touch with us on social media. We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or however you get your podcast. See you next time.